Hello and welcome to the Bits of Balance podcast, a place where health and wellness is talked about and viewed through more than just a physical lens, but an emotional, social, spiritual, and intellectual lens as well. Over here, we believe that health-promoting behaviors should add to your life rather than take away from it. I'm your host, Jacqueline Bett, a non-diet registered dietitian to be, a certified personal trainer, and an extreme ice cream enthusiast. In this podcast, you will hear special guests and myself share our journeys and how we are working to find balance in our own lives. We will also discuss ways to ditch diet culture and find food freedom. We'll also be diving into how to discover your own healthy relationship with exercise and ways to be at peace with your body. But most importantly, I hope for this podcast to inspire and motivate you to find your own balance while practicing wellness without obsession. So let's dive in and discuss some bits of balance. Hello, and welcome back to the Bits of Balance podcast. I'm going to start up this episode a little bit differently with a trigger warning. So today I'm going to be sharing a lot of my story with my eating disorder and how it developed and the symptoms and everything along those lines. So if this is something that you feel like maybe triggering to you, maybe this isn't the episode for you to listen to, but just use your best discretion and thank you. I'm here today with a solo episode, which I have not had in a while. I've been loving having guests on the show. It's been so much. I've been able to learn so much from them and hopefully you all have too. Um, But today I want to kind of expand on an Instagram post that I made recently about um, National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Um, I kind of shared part of my story on there, but it's hard to share a lot in an Instagram caption. So I thought a podcast could be a great opportunity to share more about this. And first, I want to point out that I'm not the best person at being vulnerable. It's something that I've kind of always struggled with. And I've never really shared my complete story with my eating disorder and how it developed. It was just a couple weeks ago that I ever truly even used the word eating disorder to kind of put a label on and discuss what I went through and what I struggled with. And I don't really know where to start. So I'm kind of just going to jump into the moment that food became confusing for me, honestly actually rewind. So first I want to point out that growing up, I was a competitive gymnast and then I was a soccer and basketball player and food was never an issue for me. Like I literally ate what I wanted when I wanted, and I didn't care about nutrition or I didn't care about how my body looked until I was really probably, yeah, I was 15 years old. And that's the moment that I decided to go on a diet. (laughs) So at the time, this diet was extremely extremely innocent, or at least I thought it was, right? Um, I was going on a vacation and I knew that I was going to be wearing a swimsuit. So I said, hey, there's no harm in trying to look better in my swimsuit on the beach, right? Okay, wrong. (laughs) Um, I went on this diet basically because I just wanted to fit in better. I noticed that girls in school were thinner than me or skinnier than me. And I thought that that's how I should look. Um, And basically this diet just consisted of me eating less throughout the day, just aiming to eat smaller meals and less calories, which at the time I didn't really understand calories. Um, I didn't know really anything about nutrition. I was a freshman in high school. So yeah, I just was not educated at all. And then as time went on, I began to realize that 
what I thought was a diet didn't just seem like a diet anymore. Um, it began to feel like more of a competition, a competition of how little I could eat in a day. For example, on Monday, I would think, okay, so I ate this much yesterday. Today, I need to cut out one other thing so that I can beat that. And this probably sounds so strange if this isn't something that you've struggled with, but if you have, then maybe this does resonate with you. Anyways, the next and probably the worst step I took was to step on a scale. And as a kid, I never knew how much I weighed besides when I would go to the doctor's office, which I would probably simply view as a number and forget the moment I walked out of that doctor's office. But this time, it felt different. Like it was different because suddenly this number held so much value for some reason. Like this number measured my worth. This number measured how much I was, quote, allowed to eat in a day and things like that, which are so extreme. But I don't know, man. <laughs> um, and then circling back to the food. So the number now became an obsession and a competition for myself, just like the food once was. And seeing the number go down felt like such an accomplishment and like I was proving something to myself. And I knew that this number would go down if I ate less. So then you can see how the scale and the food became best friends in an incredibly negative way. So pausing here, I want to keep in mind with you guys that this was all occurring while I'm in the beginning of my high school career. So I'm an athlete. I'm training five to six times a week and very much under fueling my body, right? Like I'm playing soccer, basketball, I'm running a ton, like I'm doing weightlifting, all of those things while just not taking care of myself whatsoever. So as you can see, it was a downward spiral big time and eventually others began to notice because it was manifesting physically in my appearance and in my body. So in the beginning, I received comments that really reinforced my habits in a positive way. For instance, people would say, oh, Jacqueline, like you're looking so fit and good recently, um, which I took that as, oh, like what I'm doing must be healthy and I need to keep doing this, right? And as my struggles and behaviors became more obvious and more prevalent, my parents became very, very concerned, right? I don't really think that my parents or even me at the time knew what was going on though, like in my head specifically, we just saw that, you know, obviously I'm losing weight if I'm not eating as much and exercising a ton things like that. So they just knew that I needed to eat more in order to perform well in my sports. And I knew that too, but I still knew that there was something in my head and I had, ex I had an extreme fear of eating more and gaining weight because for so long, my focus had been the exact opposite. But I was 15 years old. So at this point, I had to listen to my parents. I had to do what they said. And so I gained the weight back and ate, quote, normal again, whatever normal eating is, right? Like it's different for everyone. But yeah, so now I'm completely fine, right? Like it was just those six months or so that I wasn't okay. Not at all. And this is where I want to point out that eating disorders do not have a look. For the rest of my high school career, I looked, quote, healthy, however you want to define that. But I guess I was at a 
normal weight. I had energy. I was performing in my sports. I was getting good grades in school, et cetera, just all those things. But at the same time, I still had these thoughts like racing around in my head about my food choices, my weight, my body, just overthinking all of those things and wondering why my brain still felt so focused on all these aspects that really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Like I was just a high schooler and I was like, why, why am I thinking about this? I just couldn't understand it. And I still, I still had never seen anyone for help. And I didn't, I didn't even know what I was struggling with. I didn't even know really what an eating disorder was at this point. I'd maybe been taught about it once in health class, but I didn't know. Right. So transitioning throughout high school, right. I just talked about, I looked healthy, whatever. Um, now I graduated high school and I was still under my parents' roof for that summer and they were seeing what I ate most of the time and I was compliant with them until I came to college, right? So this is the summer before college and now transitioning into coming to college. So when I was in high school, I would try to skip meals if I was away from home and I would try to take advantage of that control. And now that I was in college, I knew that I had complete control. So in a sense, I circled back to 15-year-old Jacqueline and got right back into that competition with myself, eat less, lose weight, exercise a lot more now because I'm not playing sports, right? And honestly, I became pretty addicted to exercise at this point. Um, it's almost like that was a way to numb my pain or to escape reality and not allow myself to actually see and feel the harm that I was truly doing to my body and mind. And now the amount of time that I exercised became a main focus. So if you can see the trend here, I became extremely numbers focused with like almost everything. I would focus on calories eaten, calories burned, minutes exercise, the number on the scale. And yeah, <laughs> Wow, just like saying saying that out loud sounds literally terrible. And yeah, it was. But basically, having complete control in high school, or sorry, in college, allowed me to really spiral downwards again because I still didn't know what my issue was and I didn't seek help. And I want to point out that in college, it did get much worse and much more serious than even in high school because I didn't have someone there like my parents that knew and could see the issue. Um, all I knew is that I was a perfectionist. I was a high achiever. I was a competitive person. And none of these things are bad or negative things until we take these qualities to an extreme and we use them in an unhealthy manner, right? So believe it or not, like I still thought that a lot of these qualities about myself and the way that I was using these qualities was healthy and that I was doing things in a healthy ma manner. And so I should probably mention too at this point that people were literally praising me still and a lot of why I thought that this was healthy. So my fitness Instagram at the time was blowing up as I got, you know, quote, more shredded, um, I guess you could say. And 
out. I continued to share my workouts. I continued to share pictures of my body and just all these very body focused things that were receiving praise. So my social media definitely had an impact on my mindset at this point as well. And I apologize for all of these side notes. I just think that they are important things to add and add to my story because they did have a big impact on it. But let's get back on track. So now I'm at college for a while, right? I'm away from my family. They don't really know what's going on. And then of course there comes a time where it's a break and I want to go home and I want to see them. I miss my parents. I miss my pups and things like that. So yeah, so I went home and I can't and don't really even want to describe how it felt, but let's just say that I saw um, fear in my family's eyes and I knew that they were scared for me because of the physical manifestations that my behaviors had. And I will never and could never um, go back to that day. Like I literally refused to. They realized that I could no longer be in control and they could no longer help me because, and I couldn't help myself, right? Like I was still kind of in denial at this point that I had an issue or that I had a mental illness, right? But it was at this point that my parents pretty much forced me to see a dietitian and see a therapist, which I was over 18. So they couldn't actually force me at the time, but obviously I was a little aware at least of what was going on and knew that what I was doing was harmful. And looking back on this now, like literally God bless them for making me see someone. And it was at this point that I finally allowed myself to give up control. I knew that I couldn't do it. I knew that I needed help, that I was able to begin understanding what eating disorders are and what was truly going on in my head. I was able to work through it more, reframe my thoughts, gain some weight back. And all of this was really, really hard. And yes, there are still hard days, but the thing about it is as time goes on, it becomes easier and easier to listen to that healthy voice and ignore the eating disorder and go against it. And when I say that, I view the eating disorder as something separate from myself. Jacqueline has a healthy brain, right? Like it's totally different from the eating disorder. So it really helps me just to separate them. I can know if it's the eating disorder voice speaking in my head or if it's truly me speaking in my head based off of what I value and what I care about. So circling back a little bit, this was over two years ago now. Um, that I, you know, went to see a dietitian, went to see a therapist. However, I think that recovering from an eating disorder doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen over weeks. It doesn't happen over months. It often doesn't happen over a year. Like it takes years and it really takes a, con- a conscious effort, strength, and time. I can't describe how complex mental illnesses are. And I truly believe that we always have more to learn about ourselves and that we are always growing and evolving. I still see a therapist to this day, and 
she is literally the best. She's been a lifesaver. Um, I really think that everyone should go to therapy if you have the access to it, to be honest. Like you don't need to be diagnosed with a issue or anything literally to go to therapy. But in addition to that, I am still getting weight and that's cool. Like I know how to cope better with it now. I know how to accept it. I know that it is what my body needs because of all that I have put my body through in the past. And again, I say that I know how to do that and I do, but it's not always easy, but is it is a heck of a lot easier than it used to be. And I firmly believe that all of this is so much easier over two years later because I reached out and got help. Like I said earlier, if I never would have done that, I don't know where I'd be. Um, And if you're listening to this right now and you feel like you relate to maybe anything that I'm saying, just please, please, please reach out to someone and get the help that you need. Or even just DM me and I can help direct you to the right person. A life in recovery is so much better than a life with the eating disorder. And I know that you deserve that. And I think anyways, that pretty much wraps up my story and what I want to share today. I didn't share completely everything in this episode, but eventually I would definitely like to share more. For example, I'm thinking maybe tips on how I accepted weight gain or how I began to allow myself to eat more, how I began to allow my body to rest and so much more because there's so much more that goes into eating disorders and mental illnesses. So if this is something that you'd be interested in listening to or maybe learning more about, just let me know. And I would love to record other episodes on this topic. But anyways, my voice is getting tired for today because I'm not used to these long solo episodes. But thank you all for listening. Um, A lot of this really was difficult for me to share. But if it can help one person, you know, just get help or get inspired to begin recovery, then it was 100% worth it. And that is something that I stand by and always say. Well, anyways, thank you all for listening and we'll chat soon.